0: Good evening, everybody. It is Friday, January 22nd. Thank you for joining. I took the night off last night. It was hockey night, and tonight's hockey night as well, so there will be no Friday Night Live. That will be Saturday. So we can't say Saturday Night Live, so we'll say Friday Night Live. It's fantastic to see all the wonderful people coming out through the woodwork. 3,000, when I was making the graphic for the 3,000 people uh, later, right after work, it was right before dinner, and I started making it. By the time I was done, we had three thousand one hundred and fifty-four, one hundred and fifty-four people in just an hour or so. It, it, it's amazing. I, I can't thank you enough, and it means a great deal to me. And now I'm looking that I need to uh, need to dye the old beard. Yes, I dye my beard. Why? Because it's. Listen, I don't have a problem going gray. I don't mind. Um, I've had an amazing lustrous, beautiful hair my whole life. That's not true, but it's always been long. I've never had a problem with, you know, male pattern baldness, maybe a little bit of a receding hairline, but my eyebrows are dark. Most of my goatee is dark, but just right here in here, it's gray a little bit and the rest of my head isn't. So I'm kind of like, listen, either commit and go salt and pepper or get off the schneid and do that, or just give me back my color. So just for men, folks, with a light 35 shade with five-minute applicator and a quick wash in the shower, and this could be yours. I've just realized that I tell you people way too much. I, I really do. I overshare. Um, I, I got new pencils. The Christmas pencils were gone. My daughter was in the store with my wife today, and she realized that I was still using my Christmas pencils. I have a Valentine's Day pencil. And I'm not, I'm not kidding. Folks, this is going to be noisy because it's plastic. And I'm sorry, the mic is the exceptional sure SM7B, one of the most fantastic mics on the planet. But hold on, the wife's here. Yes, Olivia, what do you need? I'm live. It's okay. Come on in. I'm live, folks. You're, she's never been a part of the live show. What do you want? I found my pencils. I did. I did. I've had a problem. Unfortunately, my pencil's rather small. Okay, close the door. Love you bye. So I got some uh, some of these pencils. The Shure SM7B, folks. It's a very expensive microphone. Michael Jackson recorded a thriller on, on it. Not this one. It doesn't smell like lollipops and bubblegum. Okay, that wasn't that wasn't funny. I'm sorry. That's allegedly, allegedly. But this is the mic that he recorded on. Also, see, I'm funny, folks. I can do it. I just unfortunately can't do humor anything other than rated R. PG thirteen just escapes me. I got some, uh, the cat in the hat pencils, which is just fantastic. And then lastly, my daughter with her sense of humor, Jojo Siwa pencils, which every time I hear Jojo Siwa, it sounds like either a disease or some type of gluten-free seaweed concoction that you want to drink. Take five cups of Jojo Siwa per hour for that lovely, fresh, I can't get off the toilet feeling. I know. I, I don't know what we're doing. This this is just completely went off the rails, but we're gonna keep it three minutes and twenty seconds in. We better hurry. Well, what are we gonna to do tonight? what do we do here? This we'll talk about that in a second. Let's just do this. Let's get the joke in because I'm a mess, and obviously I'm I need to pull it together. The joke tonight is creme brulee, cheesecake, and ice cream all join the army. And on their first deployment, they abandon all of their fellow soldiers. It's a sad day. And right after that, they were wanted, wanted for desertion. kind of funny when you get everything else right but the actual joke at the end but whatever creme brulee ice cream cheesecake wanted for desertion i'll take it i'll take it good evening everybody this is episode 88 i figure since we've ruined the show i might as well just start drinking in the middle of it that's my workout shake i have to go work out before the game so we've got to hurry friday january 22nd like i said 7 30 Who the heck am I and what do we do here? Well, my name is Matt and I'm with Don't Unfriend Me. It's fantastic to see you. And I am your host and I'll be taking you through this wonderful excursion. We're going to dive into a few things tonight. One of the big things is this whole ideology around liberals and left. And I want to explain some things because it's really important. And I realize I say this a lot and I don't explain myself. So I'm going to do that today. Allergies are killing me. Nose whole face itching. I guess you don't need to know that, but whatever. Listen, we we just share everything here. We've already established that. Facebook, don't unfriend me. I've told you that we're now at 3154 follows, which is incredible for two and a half months, almost three months now. Not bad. If we do that, we will definitely reach 10,000 this year. I think we can do better than that. YouTube, don't unfriend me. See my HD videos and catalog there. And then lastly, you can visit my website, don'tunfriendme.com. I think my friend Jack is going to watch the show tonight. And I hope he does because he's a like-minded individual and he's funny and he's a good guy and I hope he enjoys it. And all my other listeners, I'm, I'd am i love to have you. You are called Dummies if you don't know what that is. You'll see it around the site. And the reason I call you Dummies is because it stands for Don't Unfriend Me. Barstool Sports has their stoolies. We have Dummies. It's not an insult. Don't take it that way, please. All my handles, you can like, follow, share, subscribe. So what are we going to do? We're going to talk, like I said, about the ideology between lefts Leftists and liberals, and what's the difference? And I've never explained it, and I talk about it heavily. And you know, PragerU did a great study on this and a great article. And Dave Prager did this, and it's something that I've been saying for years, and it's something I've believed long before PragerU came around. But it doesn't matter; it's still uh, symbiotic thinking and, and very aligned. So I want to talk a little bit about that, and then we're going to talk about the National Guard sleeping on the floors and twenty-five thousand vets and the way they were treated. And I think it's important to take uh, a two-pronged approach in this perspective. One is to realize who and what soldiers are required to do, and then the things that maybe we shouldn't ask them to do. And we'll talk a little bit about that tonight. So let's get started on this. Thank you once again for joining. And uh, let's, get, let's get going. This is good stuff. All right. So first of all, I want to talk a little bit. Oh, one more thing. See, I knew I was forgetting something. That's why it didn't sit well. Day 80 of the hostage crisis that Don't Unfriend Me has been taken hostage by the terrorists known as Facebook or the Nazis, whatever you prefer, as they will not allow me to do any advertising for my show at all. Any type of photo around my site, anything of our logo, um, the conversation, the topics, the descriptors has to be completely benign like, they, this is a new show. Come and take a look. Some of you will see my ad and know that it had nothing to do with politics. I can't say that or they won't allow me to advertise. So if I want to do a clip of my show or I want to do an advo that has some political stuff in it, the Nazis of Facebook will behead me and uh, turn my passport into the government so the Gestapo's come knock on my door. So day 80 of being hostage. Remember, this was just supposed to be for the election. However, it's now 80 days since the election and Facebook is still blocking political ads. Free Facebook, freedom of speech... Mark Zuckerberg. It sounds like a Nazi name, and he's fulfilling his namesake. Good for you, Marky Mark. What up? Say hello to your mother for me, Marky. All right, anyway, so this is what we're gonna do. I'm gonna give you a preface and then we're gonna go into the show and talk a little bit about this. But this whole thing is 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 I hear all the time the right, the alt-right. Well, the alt-right, absolutely, that's a correct moniker. They are the alt-right. You you've got two political parties in this country. Republicans and Democrats. Now you can say independents and Tea Party and Green Party and Greenpeace and whatever. All of that. It's really two parties. Let's be honest with you. 3 percent of the population make up libertarians and it's actually 7 percent. But none of them vote libertarian when it happens. They either go Republican or Democrat. So about 3 percent of the population actually votes libertarian or independent. And what's the big difference? Well, we know what the alt-right is. We've understood a lot of them systemically, it goes into racism and it goes into the Nazi party and it goes into people who are white nationalists and things to that effect. But that's not really what the alt-right is. The alt-right is the extreme of conservatives that actually follow fascist ideas and ideologies. And it's not a party that I belong to and nobody that I know belongs to. It's a very small population. But there is a very different side of that, and that is the left. Now, I want to be clear. There is nothing wrong with liberals. Liberals are just like conservatives. And honestly, they're very similar. And I'm going to show that to you tonight. You'll hear me say the left a lot. And people come on and say, what horrible language, how dangerous that is, Matt. How can you say that? You're putting us in danger because of your vitriol and your abhorrent language. Well, first of all, I called you the left. Let's, let's calm down. I don't think there are many people who know what the left truly is, and they don't identify it. In fact, if I sit down and ask most people, what's the difference between a Republican and a Democrat, they're not going to be able to tell me, except for the things like gun control, freedom of speech, and abortion. Other than that, oh, it may be equal rights. But if I ask you what the difference is between a conservative and a liberal— I promise you most people won't be able to tell me, and if I ask the difference between a liberal and a left, leftism versus liberalism, I am confident nobody could tell me because I've never had anyone be able to tell me. So I went to look it up myself, and this was about 10 years ago, and I realized that there was a very distinct difference between liberals and leftists. Prager asked this question, and the question was, what is the difference between leftists and a liberal, like I'm asking you tonight? Answering the question is vital to understanding the crisis facing America today and the West today. Yet we seem able to not do that. Here's the first two things you need to know. Two have almost nothing in common. Leftists and liberals have very few things in common. They both start with L, and Democrats think they're the same thing. That is what they have in common. Otherwise, they are completely opposite. Liberalism has far more things in common with conservative than with leftism the left has appropriated the word liberal so effectively that almost everyone, liberals, leftists, conservatives, thinks they are synonymous and they are not. Here's some examples. If we take a look at something like race, it's very, very important. You hear about it all the time. Let's have equality. Let's have a diverse workplace. Let's have our quota. Let's ensure that our universities are balanced with all race, color, and creed. And you hear this as a leftist position or you think a liberal position. This is perhaps the most obvious and so many moral differences between liberalism and leftism are alive within this. The essence of the liberal position on race was that the color of one's skin is insignificant. Let me replace, uh, restate that one more time. Liberal position is that on race was that the color of one's skin is insignificant, To liberals of a generation ago, only racists believe that the race is intrinsically significant, which did have and was happening during the civil rights movement and also racist elements in both parties. Believe that the color of your skin defined who you were. That is inherently a racist viewpoint. To the left, the notion that race is insignificant is itself racist, Thus, the University of California officially regarded the statement, there is only one race, the human race. Now, if anyone remembers where that came from, it was from a very popular person, Miss Rosa Parks. She said, I believe there is only one race, the human race. Liberals were passionately committed to racial uh integration. They believed that racists should join together in school. They should drink from the same water fountains. They should have the same employment. They should have the same chances in school to own a home and live the American dream. But California, specifically the schools, USC, UCLA, and UC Santa Barbara, all said that I believe there is one race, the human race, was racist. So let me get this straight. A bunch of white leftists said that one of the most historic African-American females of our time who faced oppression, who faced racism, who was forced to sit where she didn't want to sit, is racist because she says there is only one race, the human race. Liberals should be sickened by the existence of black dormitories and separate and segregated black graduations and university and campuses. It goes against every ideology and philosophical principle that liberals had. But now it's acceptable. And the reason is why. Or the question is why. The reason, I'm going to tell you, that's why we're here tonight. Let's go into the next question, or the next comment, which is capitalism. Liberals have always been pro-capitalistic, always, recognizing for what it is the only economic means of lifting great numbers out of poverty, not by taxation. Liberals often view government as the ability to play a bigger role in lifting people out of poverty than conservatives but they were never opposed to capitalism. They've always believed in big government. That's one of the major differences between Republicans and Democrats. And liberals always believe that the government should be involved in your life. That is accurate. But they were never opposed to capitalism. And they were never for socialism. Ever, 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 ever for socialism. Opposition to capitalism and advocacy of socialism are leftist values, not liberals. When we look at nationalism, liberals believe deeply in the nation state. And I want to be clear, the nation state, they recognize countries like the U.S., Brazil, India, France, Italy, etc., etc. The left has always opposed nationalism because leftism is rooted in class solidarity, not national solidarity. The left has contempt for nationalism, seeing it in intellectually and moral primitivism privatism at its best, and the road to fascism at worst. Liberals always wanted to protect America, sovereignty, and their borders. The notion of open borders would have struck a liberal as just as objectionable as it does a conservative. But today, there is a call for open borders. Right now, there is a caravan of hundreds of thousands heading from the South to our border There is a call to allow anywhere from 11 to 21 million illegals who are in our country to give them citizenship. And although there is a path to a citizenship, allowing 1 million to 2 million has been the staple for a long time. And allowing any more will have devastating impact on our communities, on crime, and our jobs in America. It is emblematic of our time that the left-wing writers of Superman comics had Superman announce a few years ago. sorry, one second. There we go. Had Superman announced a few years ago, I intend to speak before the United Nations tomorrow and inform them that I am renouncing my American citizenship. When the writers of Superman were liberal, Superman was not only an American, but one who fought for the truth, justice, and the American way. But in his announcement, he explained that the motto is not enough anymore. Creating a woke Superman. It's interesting when we see history changing. There was a great show and a great movie called Thank You for Not Smoking. And it was fantastic. It talked about lobbies and it talked about big tobacco. And in that, they go back and go into advertisement and erase people smoking. Cary Grant, John Wayne. They take cigarette ads and they take the Marlboro Man and essentially crucify him and erase history. And it's very similar to what we're doing now. And it's modern-day book-burning by the Nazis to erase history somehow because we find it insulting. It started with things like 9-11 when we started erasing the 9-11 towers out of certain movies because people couldn't handle the thought of seeing the 9-11 towers. But unfortunately, that type of thing only creates more of the same. And it damns us to repeat it if we are not careful. The view of America... Liberals uh, venerated America. Watch American films from the 1930s to the 1950s, and you'll be watching overtly patriotic American-celebrating films, virtually all produced and directed and acted in by liberals. Liberals well understood that America is imperfect, but they agree with a liberal icon named Abraham Lincoln that America is the last best hope of earth. To the left, America is essentially a racist, sexist, violent, homophobic, xenophobic, and Islamophobic country. The left around the world loathe America and it's hard to imagine why American left would differ in this one way from fellow leftists around the world. Leftists often take offense at having their love of America doubted, but those left-wing descriptors of America are not the only reason to assume that the left has more contempt than love for America. The left's view of America was encapsulated in their presidential candidate Barack Obama's statement in 2008. We are five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America, he said. Now, if you were to meet a man who said that he wanted to fundamentally transform his wife or a woman who said that about her husband, would you assume that either loved their spouse? Of course not. The problem with that is that uh, President Obama went on an apology tour. We tried to reset the world. And this is where the conspiracy theorists come out, that there is a call for a new world order. Now, it's no... No big surprise that leftists do believe that one world, one government, and one populace, one nation is better than a bunch of smaller nations deciding their own fate. And that is the principle of leftism, and it's a principle of socialism. This is why Russia, North Korea, China, and other socialist countries have been trying to rule the world since the dawn of time. And this goes back to the Romans and the Greeks. It goes back to the English, and we can go on and on and on and on, even from the Persians. But those weren't all socialists. Those were nationalist countries who imposed their will upon weaker countries. This is different. The leftists truly believe that their way of socialism, that their way is the only way. One bank, one dollar, one vote, one voice. And unfortunately, we know through history, this doesn't work. Going back to free speech, the difference between the left and liberals regarding free speech is as dramatic as the difference regarding race. No one was more committed than American liberals to the famous statement, I disapprove of what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. Liberals uh, still are, but the left is leading the first nationwide suppression of free speech in American history, from the universities to Google to almost every other institution and place of work. It claims to only oppose hate speech, but protecting the right of person A to say what person B deems objectionable is the entire point of free speech. And now we see this through Facebook, we see it through Twitter, the censoring of our president and right-wing conservatives, and although I do believe that it does happen on the left, it certainly doesn't happen with the same frequency. Going back to Western civilization, liberals have a deep love of Western civilization. They taught it at virtually every university and celebrated its unique morale, ethical, philosophical, artistic, musical, and literary achievements. No liberal would have joined the leftist Reverend Jesse Jackson in chanting at Stanford University, hey, hey, ho, ho, Western civilization has got to go. The most revered liberal in American history is probably former President FDR Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who frequently cited the need to protect not just Western civilization, but Christian civilization. Yet leftists unanimously denounce President Donald Trump for his speech in Warsaw, Poland, in which he spoke of protecting Western civilization. They argue not only that Western civ is not superior to any other civilization, but also that it is no more than a euphemism for white supremacy. Judaism and Christianity. Liberals knew and appreciated the Judeo-Christian roots of American civilization. They themselves went to church or a synagogue or at the very least appreciated that most of their fellow Americans did feel the same way. The contempt that the left has and had for religion except for Islam today is not something with which a liberal would ever have identified. If the left is not defeated, America and West civilization will not survive. But the left will not be defeated until good liberals understand this and join the fight. It comes down to this, is that conservatives are not the enemy. The left is. But what we have seen is that we've seen a division with our partners in Jerusalem and Israel, and there is an anti-Semitic vibe going through the halls of Washington. And now that the Democrats are in power, we will distance ourselves from Israel. The Middle East peace talks will fall apart because the whole reason there is peace is there is one country and one nation who is willing to stand up to the terrorist countries in the Middle East, and that is Israel. And yes, they have done a lot of harm. And yes, they are not morally clean and they can't wear white on wedding day, but they are the best choice in a nation, in a country is full of devils that we go with the one we know. I see all the time on my page that people come in and they want to start questioning. And I love that. People are challenging my thought process. But a lady came on today. She had a black power symbol on her front page. And I think that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't care. I support her cause. I believe in her cause. And I've said many times that BLM is not the enemy. It's the splinter groups inside of BLM who are the enemy. Just like it's not necessarily the Proud Boys that are the enemy. It's the people who are leading that crazy crap that are the enemy. But if you refuse to renounce and denounce them from your party and from your group, then you do take them into your heart and you defend them. But this lady came on and she made a comment and said, ask Trump. And I don't know what that means. A lot of times people come on and troll and say one line, and then I always ask them a question. I don't attack. I don't go after them. I simply say, what do you mean? I don't understand. What do you mean? Ask Trump. I don't have his phone number. I can't ask Trump. And why would I? He's not the president of the United States anymore. And the person just came back and said, are you don't unfriend me? And I said, no, but I'm the owner. And what can I do for you? And she said, are you a Trump, Trump sized person or did you vote for Biden? And I simply said, well, first of all, it's none of your business. And second, what does it matter? And then she went off on me. Now, let me explain something. This is not a liberal point of view. This is not a conservative point of view. There is a group of people who have been indoctrinated since they've been in high school. And it's most recently. It started with a millennial generation. And they are being told that conservatives are bad and Donald Trump is the devil. And you are the devil. And you are the reason why they have student debt. Not because they made a stupid decision to go to college that they couldn't afford. I don't know many people who get straight out of high school and take on a $120,000 home loan. I don't know many people who go out and buy a Tesla, and the reason why is they can't afford it. Yet they somehow go to a school that's going to cost them anywhere from $100,000 to $250,000 for four years, and when they get out, the only thing they will have a degree is that they were gullible enough to spend that much money on something that they could have gotten for free by reading a couple books or taking some self-help classes on public speaking and self-confidence, because that degree is useless unless you can do the latter. Liberals... Are absolutely part of our society and part of our government. And I defend them to the end. And I've got many friends who will not talk to me anymore who are liberals and they're Democrats and they are fine. And I don't care. They don't like me because I voted for Trump one time. But I have an open mind and I will support their right to say that and say whatever they want to say. And I don't blame liberals. I blame the left. So when you are challenging people, please stop calling them liberals please stop calling them Democrats. Be very specific. They are leftists. And the people who want to shut us up, the people who want to rip babies out of the womb at any age, the people who want to tax us into oblivion and give free health care and free college and take away your guns and take away your speech, those are not liberals and they are not Democrats. They are a leftist socialist movement that is happening in America. And it starts at the grassroots of our kids. Only we can prevent forest fires. Smoky Bear said that. And only we can stop leftism from spreading like the plague or locusts raining down on us from the heavens. But it starts with educating yourself on the difference. I came off pretty good. I shouldn't even have read that other stuff by Prager. I should have just went with mine. Anyway, it's an interesting conversation, and I hope you guys appreciate it. It brings some perspective. There is a very big difference between the left and and liberalism. So I want to start off with this and end with this. When I signed up in the military, I was told a couple of things. I heard things like it was going to be the toughest, most challenging and rewarding thing that you will ever do. It's not just a job, it's an adventure. We're looking for a few good men. All of these statements, aim high in the Air Force, right? The aim high is your trajectory of your golf shot in the Air Force because there's a country glove on every base. Folks, when we signed up, we knew what we were getting into. We knew we were going to be cold, wet, and hungry. We knew we were going to sleep on hard floors. We knew we were going to have sleepless days, nights, and weeks. We knew that we had a chance to not come back. We knew we were going to lose friends, possibly limbs, and our sanity in some points. These are things we all understood. The only thing that all of us want and all of us wanted was don't take advantage Of that gift that we're giving you. We don't want medals. We don't want recognition. We don't want special treatment. We just want to make sure that if you're going to use our lives, you use it sparingly, that you make sure it's for a good cause and that you have no other choice. And as long as those requirements are met, I will stand at post still today. And so will every other veteran. But what I have a problem with And it's certainly not this. When you have 25,000 National Guardsmen who are essentially working for the weekend, who are doing an elongated drill, basically, who are taking time off of work, who are risking themselves in COVID, who are out in the freezing Washington air, and it is not warm, to say the least. It is next to water, and it is cold, and it is frigid, and it's bone-chilling cold. There are two different types of cold. There's Denver, Colorado cold, which actually doesn't hit you in the bone because it's so dry. And then there's this type of cold. And it sucks. And sleeping on concrete is not the most comfortable thing that you could possibly do. But these soldiers, men and women, were fine. They were comfortable. And they had a roof over their head, which is better than what a lot of them would have seen if they were over in Afghanistan or in the sandbox. And they didn't complain. And they still will not complain, no matter what you do. And they were there to protect, protect the Capitol. And here is a quote. For the last week, my battalion has been sleeping on the floor in the Senate cafeteria. Today, the Senate kicked us out and moved us to a cold parking garage. 5,000 soldiers, one power outlet, and one bathroom. This is how Joe Biden's America treats Soldiers. I think that's a little excessive. I want to be very clear. The Republicans are using this to lambast the Democrats, which I disagree with 120%. And the Democrats are using this to go ahead and blame the Donald Trump administration, which I also lambast them 120%. And the problem with this is that nobody wants to take responsibility. Instead of playing grab ass with soldiers, men and women who are in these freezing cold conditions in inhabitable bathroom situations where the toilets are overflowing and are completely full and feces is running out to where these people are actually at. They have now been kicked out of the garage and they are even colder than they've ever been. The point is, is they need to be sent home. It reads as this, thousands of National Guardsmen were forced to vacate congressional grounds on Thursday and have been photographed having to sleep in parking garages while temperatures in the nation's capital were set to dip to near freezing temperatures. The photos of the living conditions that the National Guardsmen were forced to endure come after Democrats took complete control of the federal government this week, following Joe Biden's swear-in. Yesterday, dozens of senators and congressmen walked down our lines taking photos, shaking our hands, and thanking us for our service, a National Guardsman told Politico. Within 24 hours, they had no further use for us, banished us to the corner of a parking garage, and we felt incredibly betrayed. All National Guard troops were told to vacate the Capitol and nearby congressional buildings on Thursday and set up mobile command centers outside or in nearby hotels, another guardsman confirmed. They were told to take their rest breaks during their 12-hour shifts outside and in parking garages, the person said. Speaker Pelosi personally met with the Secretary of the Army to demand 14,000 National Guard troops to be deployed to the Capitol, a source familiar with the security discussions at the Capitol told the Daily Wire, but there was no logistical plan provided by the Speaker's office on where the service members would sleep. Now, do I believe that the Democrats said "screw our men and service women"? No, I, I, I don't believe that happened. Do I believe that they were trying to take advantage? No, I, I don't believe that either. Do Do I believe that they took them for granted? And in their heads and their elitist thoughts said, well, they're soldiers. They won't care. Yes. And it goes back to my original statement that we would ask that you have caution and discretion when using us. Have some temperance when it comes to your decision making and how we are treated reflects on how this administration will treat veterans who have been objectionally treated like dog shit for 12 years. Under the last term of George Bush and the entire eight years of Barack Obama, President Barack Obama, it's just been getting better under President Trump. The VA is accepting us. Our pay has increased. And I say our because I'm still a veteran at heart and I work with them every single day. If this is any indicator of what's going to happen over the next four years, I will tell you that the military is single-handedly the greatest group of people that I have ever had the privilege of working with and work with till today. We are not cannon fodder. We are not sensitive. We're not Nancys and Karens, and none of them are going to cry and complain, and nobody's going to run to the newspaper and put themselves in front of a camera. But America's watching, and there is one thing that every single American, a true American, the 98% of us, believe is that that is a natural resource. And they are not to be used, ridiculed, and thrown into the cold night air just because you're too cheap and too neglectful to come up with a better solution. Democrats, you're being watched. And if you're going to hold Trump accountable for saying some words that he never said by anonymous sources, your actions are more deafening than any words that he supposedly said, and you're not off to a good start. Folks, that's it for my show tonight. Thank you for watching. I appreciate it. Thanks for spending the time with me. And one of the rules of don't unfriend me is if you don't like what I say, that's fine. Just don't unfriend me. I would hope that you would come back and give me another chance if today was not your particular brand of vodka. And if it's not, let me know. Tell me down in the comment section, what can I do to be better? What can I do to tickle your, uh, your funny bone? And if I can't, well, then maybe you need to lighten up and just try to have a good time once in a while. You're too damn serious. Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Press the number 1. 22 veterans commit suicide a day. That's another reason why we shouldn't stick them in parking garages that are freezing. We should give them a raise for having to tolerate this stupid drill that nobody, nobody thought would be necessary and it wound up not being. And if you recognize that any of these 22 veterans or anyone in your life is struggling or having a problem, start that conversation and dialogue. And if you can't, reach out to me. I will help make that call with you. And if that isn't good for you, you can go to don'tunfriendme.com and click the VCL link and you'll be connected directly to a VCL operator free of charge with video so you can get that veteran the help they need. Folks, that is it for episode 88. And until tomorrow, when I see you probably for episode 89 or a five for fighting, I will be going live as well. We love to have you there. I've got the FaceTime up. We'll bring you on the show and you can be a dummy host for a few minutes and tell us what you think. But until then, thank you for everything you do. Go find somebody you've defriended on Facebook or social media. Go to a neighbor who you said some mean things about because they were voting for Trump or Biden. Put your arms around them. Tell them you love them and knock it off. Let's try to be better to each other before it gets worse. thanks for watching don't unfriend me everybody i want to recommend alex from alekos design he works on all of my video and graphic design and he is amazing please give him a shot please head on over to his website at designs.com. and one more quick thing before we go folks still point does the music intro for the show they are listeners they are fans and we absolutely love them special thanks that amazing song and you can hear citizen soldier at reverbnation.com/stillpoint